You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. I would say happy Memorial Day, but the day we're recording this, it is Memorial Day, and I already said it yesterday for today, so it would defeat the purpose. But how are you doing today, Bruce? Healthy and alive, yeah. It's a bit of a kind of a, a, a dreary Memorial Day, actually. Um, pouring down rain here. That doesn't matter. How do you want your burger? Yeah, exactly. Still going to do the barbecue stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, I always see those memes floating around. You know, people in Florida are complaining because it's a little cloudy or something like that in the middle of December. And if you then cut down to the next photo, there's a guy with snow up to his shoulders with a grill and says, <laughs> meanwhile, in Ohio, how do you want your burger? Yeah. Yeah. We've actually done that here. Like we'll have an ice storm and we'll still have a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just what we do. You know, I've been watching this, um, I'm watching this YouTube series and hear me out cooking shows, right? I, I've got this thing for cooking shows. And of course, if you want little snippets of cooking shows, the best place to do that is YouTube. And so I've been watching this guy from Southwest Oklahoma. I don't know exactly where he is, but his name's like Kent Rollins or something like that. And he does cowboy cooking. And I mean, he is a true... I, first, I thought it was it was Texas. Nope, it's not Texas. But he's the... Close enough. You know, uh, he's he's the, you know, he's got the, 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 the hat and everything and, you know, the boots and, and the belt buckle and the lariat and all the, you know, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And I tell mm-hmm. you, he comes up with some good stuff. He, he comes up with some good stuff. I saw it last night. I saw him make an egg omelet and you might think, okay, an egg omelet. What, what are you talking about? An egg omelet, an egg omelet. Now listen to this. He put in, he prepped this before he put it into the mixing bowl. He took two eggs, but before he cracked the eggs and put them in the mixing bowl, he took a tablespoon of heavy whipping cream, which sometimes I do that, right? Just to get the little, a little bit more moisture and get them nice and fluffy and all the rest of that. And then he took a tablespoon of mayonnaise and he combined it. And then he put the eggs in there, of course, mixed it in with the eggs and then he put it on a cast iron skillet with a half a teaspoon or well, I'm sorry, half a tablespoon of oil and a tablespoon of butter. And he put that on an open fire. Well, I mean, you know, just, you know, kind of put it there on the grate above the uh, above the, the hot coals. And you know something that looked really, really good. It looked really good. Sounds good. It kind of kind of kind of lose me a little bit with the mayonnaise. I'm not yeah, a the, fan. Ma- the mayo. Yeah, that, that lost me there. Uh, but then I watched him do something the other day. He made a uh, what was it? He went to Whataburger. Do you guys have Whataburger down there? I think so. I, I don't ever go. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what Whataburger is. I I know it, but I've never actually been to one. And some people argue that it's the best place for burgers that's ever been created or whatever. So he went through there. He went through the drive-thru. He got a patty melt. You know what a patty melt is, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he took that and he put that next to one that he made himself. And you talk about, I mean, this is like some Southern artery clogging goodness that this guy cooks. 
I mean, you're probably over there zipping around his YouTube channel and stuff now looking at, at all this stuff, aren't you? Actually, I was looking to see if there's a Whataburger close by. A Whataburger. <laughs> well, anyway, well, th- this, know, just this guy cooks with like uh, butter and and uh, like pounds of cheese and and, and beef and, and all kinds of stuff. It's like, man, how, how on earth? Yeah, like this guy and all kinds of gravy and everything. And I'm like, you know, he, uh, like he, he sits there. He was making some grilled cheese the other day actually on a grilled cheese he uses a pound of cheddar a pound of <laughs> of mozzarella a pound of pepper jack on a grilled cheese and then then he uses two slices of american processed cheese on top of that and what does he do he did one on regular toast and then he did one on texas toast you know texas toast is that real thick yeah, slices yeah. of bread that you get and while he's putting these on the grill and of course he shreds some jalapenos on top of that too Mm-hmm. And as he's putting these on the grill, he's basting them in melted butter. <laughs> he he bastes them like three or four times on each side, and I'm like, dude, you're gonna die. <laughs> you're gonna it's have a nice a and golden brown, you know? Yeah, yeah, the, golden the, brown. God, the, yeah, the cheese, the, man, the arteries you up for a good week. <laughs> yeah, the the arteries around your heart are gonna be praying. You know, man, I guess in, in moderation. But if he has a whole YouTube channel on it, <laughs> oh, man, he's not moderation. I mean, the, don't get me wrong. The food looks amazing. It looks so good. But no, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm not eating three pounds of cheese on a grilled cheese sandwich. It's not going to happen. No, no. And we, we, we do actually have a Whataburger. And now that I've seen the logo of uh, actually, I, I remember seeing it. Uh huh. But never been there. Hmm. Well, have you been to Wuhan, China? No, I, 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 as much as I want to go to China, I haven't been there yet. I, honestly, I would, I would love to go to China someday. I, I know a lot of people that have been there, obviously, and I know some people that are from there. But uh, I, uh, I, I would love to go. But just a small thing with their government right now, they really don't like Americans too well. So I'm not going to go there, at least not for the foreseeable future. Um, the media has kind of backpedaled a little bit in the last few days, haven't they? They've decided, well, you know, maybe we kind of jumped the gun a little bit when we criticized uh, former President Donald Trump when he he said something in the State Department with Mike Pompeo. They they said, hey, um, is it entirely possible that this uh, hypothesis that we have here about this this lab that's there in Wuhan, is it entirely possible that that could have had some credibility to it? Well, no, it can't be because Donald Trump said it. it was the same thing with hydroxychloroquine. No, it can't work because he said it. Yep. So the media's backpedaled, haven't they? Well, a little bit, yeah. I mean, basically, what was it? Uh, who did I say it was on uh, ABC? ABC. Yeah, I saw the clip yesterday. Yeah, I forget what the guy's name was uh, offhand, what show it was. Uh, I had an article up on it here a minute ago. Uh, anyway, they basically, basically was saying that uh, the entire reason they didn't listen to Donald Trump was because he was saying so many lies, and then... Uh, he said a truth and we were supposed to just believe the truth. And my argument is, uh, why do we, why do you think we don't listen to you mainstream media? Cause you tell us so many lies and hyperbol- uh, hyperbolisms and we're, we're supposed to believe you when you, you, you say something is the truth. The, the thing about Donald Trump was the stuff he was saying wasn't a lie, he exaggerated a lot, but the it's stuff the he was he saying it. was, yeah, the stuff he was saying was true. It's just it, it, he was hyperbolic, just like, you know, so I don't know. It, it was it was entertaining to listen to him. The problem was, is the media, well, the left in general had no ability to look at it as humor. 
Well, the media didn't have any sense of humor. And on top of that, they were just going to make up whatever they wanted anyway. That was my argument about him allowing the press in the in the White House press room. I wouldn't have I would have revoked all their press passes. I would have allowed the independent media in there. I would have brought in reporters from The Blaze. I was I would have brought in reporters from uh, all these other outlets, the, the Post Millennial, America's Voice, One American News, non-biased outlets. That's what I would have done. I would have tossed out CNN and NBC and ABC and CBS and all the rest of them. I would have tossed them out. It's not a First Amendment right to be in there. That's a privilege. That's not a right. Let them go out there and, and broadcast on the front lawn or something. That's what they do anyway. It doesn't matter. You you brought them into the White House. They would sit in that room. They would ask these ridiculous questions about just nothing, just to continue on whatever agenda they were pushing, like the Russia collusion BS. And it didn't matter what the man said. He would come into the press room. He would take questions himself. Where's where's the old man been? Where, where's old Joe been? Where's old Stumblebum Joe been? Old Pudding Joe? Where's he at? Has he been in that press room one single time? No. You get Jen Psaki, who looks like the evil twin sister of Mark Zuckerberg. That's who you get. Well, she does, doesn't she? <laughs> you can't unsee yeah, To that. be fair... Yeah, no. It, it, to be fair, uh, he's probably in the bunker right now after that 19-year-old leg thing he oh, said. Oh, God. Oh, man. Wasn't that just disgusting? Uh, that was that was horrible. That, that, that was... Not, that's something that president should never say. No, no. Anybody. I, I don't care who that is. That, that's just well, that's, yeah, anybody. That's disgusting. That, that's just disgusting. But back to what I was saying, it doesn't matter what Trump said to the media. It didn't matter because whatever he would say... And this is why exactly why I would have revoked their press passes. Whatever he would say, they would just go out and make up whatever they wanted anyway. So what was the point? What was the point? What, to discredit them to the American people? We already know they're garbage. We don't need to be we don't need to be shown that. It was entertainment, though. That, well, that was yeah. the bottom line is it was entertaining. So uh, he knew how to play the media. He knew how to uh, get him to push narratives or, or at least the thing is, is Trump is old school in the sense of uh, publicity. Whether it's good or bad, it's still publicity. So by being able to play the media like that and get them to talk about him all the time, it's publicity. I mean, if you look at before the election uh, in 2016, before that went down, look at the time that the media spent on Trump. He knew how he knew how to uh, manipulate them, and he did a good job at it. And the ratings now reflect that. Right, CNN's yeah. ratings are in the toilet. They've gone down 70 percent in the last three months because he's not there. He, he's not there. What are they going to what are you going to sit there and you got to talk about Trump now? What are you going to sit there? They still do. They still do, but yeah. like the, no one the problem is is that they're they're reaching their core audience as they always did, but anybody else, they don't reach him anymore. I mean, who cares? He's gone. What does it matter? Yeah. Look at the look at any article that's about Joe Biden. Any of them. Trump is always mentioned in that article. Always. Well, Bruce, did, didn't you know the, those columns of light were, were like the extensions of Joe Biden's arms, <laughs> embracing America, <laughs> uh, rescuing America? Oh, God, that was. Are, are you saying Biden's God? What? What? Is tell that, me, tell me God. for one second that that did not come out of the bowels of Beijing and, and Pyongyang. That's the level of propaganda. That, that's the type like that's that's something I would expect out of like North Korea or something. Exactly. You know, praising the leader. Yeah, that was that was sad. Instead, what do you get, Mr. President? What'd you order? Yeah, I got a chocolate chocolate chip, and then they cheer for him. It's disgusting. And then they, and then they cover for him when he says the the nineteen year old leg. The nineteen year old kid. Oh man, you know what? I, I I'm sorry. Where where is that? I I gotta play that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I heard just a few seconds of that, 
I didn't even get to the meat of what he said there. I only heard the bits of it. And I was like, I, I, don't, even, I don't even want to hear the rest of it. I don't want to know. That's funny. If you type that into a search engine, here's what I got. 19-year-old plotted to kill Joe Biden. 19-year-old with a full van of guns and explosives plotted to assassinate Biden. Joe Biden kisses granddaughter on the lips during an Iowa rally. Creepy Joe Biden slammed for remarks about elementary schools. Or no, wait a minute. This one's actually it. Oh, yeah. The Daily Mail, right? So Daily Mail's got this. Creepy Joe, here it is. Creepy Joe strikes again. President Biden is slammed for singling out elementary school-aged girl during a speech saying she looks like she's 19 years old. I just asked you before we started this. I played the audio of it. I heard about it. I didn't actually listen to it. Who says this? Like, this is this is just like Creepville. This is creepy stuff, right? L listen to this. L listen to this. I, I got to play this. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got to play this. You know, uh... I'm honored to be joined today by Governor Northam, by two great representatives of the Commonwealth, Congressman Laurie and Congressman Scott. And I want to thank, uh, thank you for all that you do to represent these service veterans because they're devoted to you. The family members, the caregivers, survivors will call Virginia home. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, and look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in her race car. Brittany, you're doing triple duty as a vet. Who says that? Could you imagine Donald Trump saying that? Oh, that would be that would be front page news. That That would be all over every network. Talking about uh, we need to be looking into his past. Has he got a child thing going on behind the scenes? We need to look at this. We need to talk to all the family involved. We need to talk to people that uh, could have been involved, people that might have known the family from 15, 20 years ago. All of it. That's what would have happened. Rightfully so, if he said Rightfully something so. like that. Yep, absolutely. And this guy, who has a track record of C-SPAN footage smelling little girls on, on camera... I mean, but we, we, we're not allowed to talk about this. Like, this isn't mainstream. This isn't like only the conservative medias are reporting this. I, I wouldn't even call the Daily Mail conservative, but I mean, e even well, they are putting it out. But yeah, but Daily Mail has actually been pretty good about doing both left and right. Stuff. They have. Yeah, for sure. They have. I'll give them that. But the other networks, as in like ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN? No, absolutely not. They're not getting anywhere near that thing. So anyway, all right, back to the media, right? So uh, again, that's their credibility. They, they don't they don't even they want. None. Yeah, they've got none. They, they don't even want to even try at this point. But anyway, yeah, the media, they're, they're trying to save face now and they're trying to they're, they're scrambling to try and come up with a new way. That's why they're calling this a lab leak theory lab leak. No, no, no. It's not a leak. Don't let them play that narrative. As I said yesterday, it's not a leak. Gain of function is not a leak. So I was sitting there talking about the Daily Mail not being conservative or whatever. And yeah, they're not. Yeah, they, they do try to run things down the middle. I'll, I'll give them that. COVID-19, this is, this is an exclusive from the Daily Mail. COVID-19 has no credible natural ancestor and was created by Chinese scientists who then tried to cover their tracks with retro engineering to make it seem like it naturally arose from bats in an explosive new study. Hmm. I would argue the study isn't new. No, it's not new, uh, but it's new to the to the wool that's been pulled over people's eyes. It's new to well, them. I guess technically the study they could be referencing technically could be a new study. We, we did actually see studies in the beginning that were saying this was not. Yes. You know, yeah. the thing 
the thing about it as well, wasn't uh, the head of the NIH saying, laughing about um, gain-of-function research and the, and the way that this virus was given gain-of-function, the way it mutates and everything, you won't be able to tell that this was synthesized. Yeah, that's true. But the problem is, is that, uh, which this is kind of what we talked about in the early stages, especially when we looked at the Indian study, which they later had pulled, which said, hang on a minute, um, all this, like the, these, these, you, these fingerprints, these envelopes on this thing, the spike protein, that's not normal. That That's not that's not something that just evolves. I mean, like if this were to if this were to be something that would evolve in nature, it would take millions of years in order to get to this point. If you wanted to look at natural progression, that was their hypothesis. But something like this showing up doesn't just happen. You could actually see oh, what they did. It's, it's climate change. <laughs> yes, it's climate change. So the new study claims researchers have found unique fingerprints in COVID-19 samples that they say could have only arisen from manipulation in a laboratory. Again, how long ago did we say this? year ago over well, it's been over a year ago it's been over a year yeah. over a year there is a new 22 page paper authored by british by british professor angus uh del Gleish. So, sorry I, that's that's a very strange name uh, and Norwegian scientist Dr. Berger Sorensen set to be published in the quarterly review of biophysics discovery. So the study showed that there's evidence to suggest that Chinese scientists created the virus while working on a gain of function project in the Wuhan lab. Sounds racist to me. <laughs> I was saying earlier, how come the India variant isn't racist, but the China one is? Just asking. Good question. Gain of function research, which was temporarily outlawed in the U.S., it still is, involves altering naturally occurring viruses to make them more infectious in order to study their potential effects on humans. So according to the paper, Chinese scientists took a natural coronavirus, which is the backbone found in Chinese cave bats, and spliced onto it a new spike, which is what we said over a year ago, a new spike turning it into the deadly and highly transmissible COVID-19. I would argue deadly, but okay. And deadly is, yeah, okay. It, it is dead. Okay, look, true. It, yes, it is true if a few things, if a few criteria are met. If you are above a certain age, which 70 or above, I think, is the target range for having comorbidities. If you have serious underlying conditions, you are malnourished. So you don't have the proper vitamins and minerals in your body, then yes, it's going to put you through the ringer, as we like to say in the Midwest. Uh, it, it's going to put you through uh, all the hoops, uh, and you might not survive it. Now, statistically, and we've gone over the statistics here so many times, it's it's made our head spin. But statistically, you have a higher chance of catching influenza and dying from it. Statistically, you have a higher chance of catching COVID nineteen but you have a higher chance of surviving it. So you need to be able to make the distinction. We were not the only ones saying that, of course. Even the uh, the video we posted up in um, uh, in our Telegram channel of the full interview of Dr. Michael Yaden, who was the vice president of Pfizer and the chief scientific officer for that organization, he said the same thing. And far be it from me to, uh, to argue that man's credentials. The researchers who concluded that COVID-19 has no credible ancestor also believes that scientists reverse engineered versions of the virus to cover up their tracks. That's what you do when you create a biological weapon. That's the process. You create the virus. Obviously, you take it based on samples and then you add other things to it. That's the point. This is the process in creating a biological... You know what? I'm just going to pull it because that's going to bug me. I want to make sure I get it right. So let's look at what a biological weapon is. 
First of all, the making of biological weapons, and I'm getting this directly from, Bruce, you can see this book, I'm getting direct, this directly from Biowarfare and Terrorism. This is a book that was authored by a Harvard professor by the name of Francis Boyle, Dr. Francis A. Boyle. He authored and had passed the International Biological Weapons Convention, which makes this type of work illegal in all nations, including China, I might add. So in order to develop, this is according to him, I'm reading directly from his book in chapter two. You can pick this book up on Amazon for about 12 bucks, about 12 dollars, 12 euros, whatever, 12 pounds. I suggest you do it. It's only about 100 pages. It's not very it's not very in depth. Uh, he goes over basically what this is. In order to develop a biological weapon, a government needs three basic component units. Number one, a deleterious biological agent. In this case, it was the coronavirus. They took that. Number two, a vaccine to inoculate its own troops and civilian population in order to protect them from blowback by the biological agents its life scientists have developed. Number three, an effective delivery device and dispersal mechanism for the biological agent. There's your process. So they tried to reverse engineer it. That's part of the process. You develop the virus, you then reverse engineer it so you can create a vaccine for it to guard against blowback. And then you turn it over to your government for delivery. You usually aerosolize before that. You kind of have to. But in this case, they didn't aerosolize. They used gain of function. You needed a vector of some kind. And that's what they did. Well, uh, to be clear, gain of function would be the way you would aerosolize it. If you were making the virus itself, you would use the same process to to um, aerosolize it. Yes. Using gain well, of function. Yeah. I, they, I, they, I wanna, they didn't do that. Yes, they, they didn't do that. I, I want to go over... Uh, one of the other sections in here, because this is extremely important. The definition of a biological weapon for, excuse me, the definition of biological agents for use as a weapon. He also describes this in his book. So the term for use as a weapon, it includes the development, production, transfer, acquisition, retention, or possession of any biological agent, toxin, or delivery system for other than prophylactic, protective, bona fide research, or other peaceful purposes. So the term biological agent means any microorganism, including but not limited to bacterial, viruses, fungi, rictocyte, and protozoa, or infectious substance, or any naturally occurring bioengineered or synthesized component of any such microorganism or infectious substance capable of causing death, disease, or other biological malfunction in a human, animal, a plant, or other or another living organism, deterioration of food, water, and equi equipment supplies, or material of any kind, or deleterious alteration of the environment. Okay, we didn't quite go that far with it. So what did they do? Death, disease, or other biological malfunction in a human, animal, a plant, or other living organism. That's the route they went. So there's three ways you can go. That's the first one. So they went that route with it. So the delivery system, right? It's not enough to just, it's just like having a nuclear weapon. It's not enough to have a nuclear weapon. You have to have the means to deliver them as well. So what did they do? Let's look at the delivery system. In this case, it was gain of function, wasn't it? There was your delivery system. It wasn't aerosolization because the virus can't survive on its own. Gain of function isn't a delivery system in and of itself. Gain of, well, okay. gain of function would be the, the process of giving it those abilities. In, in this case, the delivery system would be like spittle. Yeah, it'd be humans actually would be the, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that's kind of, yeah, that, that goes along this. But anyway, so the term delivery system in this particular manner, in the, in the context of biological weapons, that's what we're talking about here, is any apparatus, equipment, device, or means of delivery specifically designed to deliver or disseminate a biological agent, toxin, or vector, 
or any vector. This is where it gets interesting. The term vector means a living organism or molecule, including a recombinant or synthesized molecule capable of carrying a biological agent or toxin to a host. So the vector in this case was us, wasn't it? I mean, the the original vector would would have been the doctors, the scientists that were working on making this. They, whether intentionally or unintentionally, they infected themselves. That would be the initial release, and then after that, it's us. We we just from natural shedding of virus when 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 you're infected, uh, you would transmit it to others. Funny, the uh, founder of the mRNA uh, technology, he uh, he was just. Uh, suspended from Twitter today because he posted something about uh, shedding, and apparently Twitter didn't like it. That is actually something that's hotly contested when, when it in the in the anti-vax world, and you know, one of the arguments between each other is that when you're vaccinated during that time period of of you fighting off the vaccine to to get the you know the antibodies and everything for whatever it is you're being vaccinated against during that time period, you do actually shed virus whatever the virus is or or bacteria, whatever the infection is, um, you do shed it. Now, the amount isn't, nece- uh, you know, it's not substantially enough to get someone else infected. However, if you're like making out with a person or something like that, you're 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 going to probably pass it on to them. Uh, but in normal interactions, you, you're, you're probably not going to probably. But that's hotly contested like that. That's something that they don't really want to admit, I guess. Mm hmm. The founder of the mRNA technology himself, uh, he posted this on Twitter. He says, I believe the shedding idea is that the vaccinated shed the spike protein and not the virus. And it's certainly true that people vaccinated with mRNA vaccines do shed spike proteins, but in minuscule amounts that almost certainly can't cause disease or malice in others. I mean, uh, the mRNA vaccine is designed to uh, cause your body to create the spike proteins to then combat the spike proteins to then get the immunities against the spike proteins, which should, in theory, cause your body to attack COVID-19 or any other virus that has the the same spike proteins. So in theory, it should make it more, you know, how it's, it's still effective against other mutations. As long as they retain that same spike protein, in theory, it would be able to fight it. I mean, so that that's me being generous to this whole thing and uh, the science of it. You're being very generous. I'm thinking of the uh, biological study we looked at out of the U- UT lab in Galveston. Yeah. Where they said yeah. if you come in contact with another spike protein. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, all right. So I, I drifted a little bit there, but it was important to cover the aspect of the Biological Weapons Convention in this context, because let's be honest here, when we're talking about manipulating viruses in laboratories of this magnitude, we're talking about biological weapons, aren't we? That's kind of what we're looking at. I mean, see, that's the, that's the SARS was the original, right? That's what yeah. they were using. Yeah. 15% fatality rate among our generation, mm-hmm. 50% mm-hmm. among people over 60. It's pretty clear what they're trying to do here. So the researchers who concluded the uh, that COVID-19 has no credible, or excuse me, no credible natural ancestor also believe that scientists reverse engineered versions. Of, yeah, okay. We think there have been retro engineered viruses created, one of the researchers told the Daily Mail. They've changed the virus, then tried to make it out, and then tried to make out it was in a sequence years ago. So I see what they're doing. Okay, so 
they created the virus, what we know as COVID-19. And then to cover their tracks, they tried to make uh, other viruses that make it look like it evolved into COVID-19. Uh-huh. Yeah. The study also points to the deliberate destruction, concealment, or contamination of data in Chinese labs. Well, what more can you do? I mean, they, they, yeah, they, 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 they told us, you know, they told they us seemed, the truth. You know? They seemed very credible. They, they yeah. seemed credible. Did you go in the lab? Yeah. Well, no. No, no, we didn't go in there. We weren't allowed in there. You're the World Health Organization. You say, we're going in there. That's what you do. Well, I mean, not to China. <laughs> uh, you do. Does diplomatic immunity not mean anything? Not in China. <laughs> Not in China. <laughs> <laughs> They'll take the North Korean vaccine approach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you been vaccinated against COVID-19? No. Would you like to be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Comes in we've multiple got, calibers. We've got one that's uh, got 100% efficacy we can give you right now if you like. <laughs> that's right. So the study also points to, del- to the deliberate destruction okay, um, in the Chinese labs notes that the scientists who wish to share their findings haven't been able to do so or have been disappeared. Dr. Lee, does anybody remember him? The very first doctor that said, and you know, I talked yesterday about Chernobyl, the scientists that like the nuclear scientists and the, and the nuclear engineers that they brought in from Moscow for Chernobyl, they brought them down to take the readings in the nearby towns and, and areas to find out what the levels were. And they said the levels are at 15,000. The, the normal level is like five. The, the levels are at 15,000. That's the only reason because the, the, the only reason it was at 15,000 is because the scale wouldn't go any higher than that on the on the meter, on the on the Geiger counter. So you know what the Communist Party told him? Your equipment's wrong. Get out of here. Throw it in the throw it in the garbage. And they ran him out. They did the same thing to Dr. Lee, didn't they? When he said, when he said, I was actually thinking about that today. I I thought to myself, oh my God, Dr. Lee, we forgot to mention Dr. Lee. Here's a guy who says in the early days, uh, we we got something going on here. There's like a, there's a SARS outbreak going on. What looks like SARS. There's this ammonia flu-like thing that's going around. We got patients coming into the hospital. And so what did he do? He told other doctors in his WeChat and what happened to him? He got arrested for spreading rumors and, and fear. And he was forced to sign a confession that he lied. Didn't he get COVID as well? Like, didn't they magically, try to off him with COVID? Magically, he, yeah. magically he, uh, he contracted it and, uh, and passed away just a few yeah. days later. Hmm. It's not suspicious at all. It's not and you like- know something? Even, even people that, that were buying into the hype in the beginning remember Dr. Lee. And they said, do you really believe that he died of COVID-19? Uh-uh. Until recently, most experts had staunchly denied the origins of the virus were anything other than a natural infection leaping from animals to humans. Uh, again, the, because Donald Trump said it. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you noticed that the, uh, the the wet market thing kind of just disappeared? No one's even considering that anymore. That's all gone because yeah, it was never real to begin with. Now, earlier this week, the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci defended the U.S. funding of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, saying that the $600,000 grant that they that they said, which was one of many, by the way, uh, was not approved for gain-of-function research. Well, uh, they didn't approve it for that. So, I mean, it's not it's not entirely possible that they could have lied to you. I mean, Senator Kennedy asked Fauci at that interview, he said, have you ever had anybody lie to you? Well, we, we don't know, Senator. So... But that that leaves like a whole bunch of questions when he said, we don't know. That leaves a bunch of questions like, why don't you know? Did you not keep track? Did you not keep tabs on your your grantees? Did you not did you not watch and, and go over the data that they produced? Hmm. So anyway, that's the uh, 
That's the news. That, that's the explosive new study that's out about that. Now, you might be asking, okay, well, is there anybody in the U.S. bureaucracies that could seriously be considering this, this theory that's out there? Well, the former FDA chief has spoken up on the Wuhan lab. Scott Gottlieb commented on the, uh, the mounting intelligence that COVID-19 originated uh, with a mishap at the, at, at the Chinese, Inst- or excuse me, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It was a mishap. You see, it was just a mishap. That's all it was. Now, he has said, and this will give you some comfort, accidental virus leaks happen all the time. This is just a normal thing. It's, it's no big deal. This, this happens all the time. Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb says that accidental lab leaks happen all the time. He was on CBS's um, Face the Nation. Yeah, go ahead. I would I would then ask him, please tell us the last lab leak before COVID-19. Please tell us which one it was. In fact, not just don't just tell us that one. Tell us the last five. Just just off the top of your head. Just give, if it happens all the time, just give us five. Uh, the last one I would argue would be uh, SARS or Oh, it could have been H1N1. Hell, I don't know. I mean, they, they tried to scapegoat a, uh, a pig farm in Mexico for that one, if you remember that. Yeah. So he was on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday that definitively determined uh, on Sunday that definitively determining how the pandemic started was essential to preventing future outbreaks. You want to prevent future outbreaks? How about you cuff all these people up? That's a good start. How about you destroy all those P4 labs worldwide, U.S. included? That's a good start. How about you destroy all their research? That's another good start. That's where I would start. I, I don't disagree, but I do disagree at the same time, because here's the problem. The genie's out of the bottle. The, the problem is now you're going to have bad actor nations are going to start. They're going to continue doing the research. And yeah, if okay. we're not doing research to, to combat that, we're, we're up a creek, unfortunately. The problem so I, is, I don't know. The, the problem yeah. is, is that the bureaucracy in these governments, you can't tell me that they don't have malintent. You can't tell me that. Oh, absolutely. I think they have malintent personally, but so I, I'm sorry. We're we're given we're given the um, we're given the foxes the key to the hen house here. That's not a good thing. I, the problem is, is I don't know a good solution to this one because because well, you can there start. Are bad actors. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You can start. Let, let's let's go this route with it. Maybe we can kind of come to a middle ground here. You can start with arresting these people for what's happened with this particular mess. You can start yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. And let's see some prosecutions and let's see some Nuremberg trials. Let's start there and then we'll we'll work our way forward from that point. Yeah. The 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 main problem that I see with the whole thing is just you have bad actor countries that now have the technology to do this. They have the know how and corporations. How are you going to stop them? You got corporations that are tied up in this, too, because they're on the back end yeah. of it. Big Pharma with the vaccine initiative. Bill Gates. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I'm sorry. You, you got to demo the uh, if we're going to go after we're going to cough all this up. You got to you got to demo these tax exempt foundations along with it. They all got to go because they're doing their dirt under the guise of philanthropic uh, works and, and humanitarian aid and all the rest of it. I, I hate to have actual uh, the actual charities and stuff get um adversely affected by some bad actors, unfortunately. So, yeah, that, that's my only concern about it. And coming from, you know, charities and stuff myself, it, it I understand to, to have that removed, you know. We're talking about a difference between a church and worshiping Jesus yeah. Christ. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, doing the work of uh, his adversary, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess in a sense that uh, we, we the tax exemption is there for churches. Not not just yes. Christian churches, but religion, religious organizations in general. So, uh, yeah, I guess there's a whole 
can of worms there involved and and going down that road. So yeah, maybe maybe we should just make it equal and everybody pay taxes. Do you think Bill Gates is a charity? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to ask, you know. <laughs> I don't, but the the thing is, is going by going after tax exempt status. That means you would have to you would have to remove it from churches and religious organizations. In I, general I wasn't well. necessarily talking about getting rid of the the status. I was talking about the foundations. I'm, I'm talking about the foundation. I'm not talking about like the Catholic Church. I'm not talking about uh, well, hell, any any religious organization for that or for that matter. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm not talking about farmers or, or any of the rest of it. Of course, I would argue farmers pay more taxes than anybody else. Um, they do, yeah. But uh, yeah, but they get tax exempt status, which is ridiculous. But these foundations, these charitable foundations, the Obama Foundation, the Clinton and the Clinton yeah. Foundation, the Gates, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the the Soros Fund Management, uh, Open Society. No, no, that, that's enough of this. That that's enough of this. Carnegie, Ford, all the rest of it. That that's enough of this. It's been seventy years of these scum sucking organizations like the Rockefellers running around here writing policy papers twenty years ago about situations like this that we're in right now, and they've got to be dealt with. So maybe maybe uh, uh, to kind of wrap up on that on on, on that maybe a good solution would be if 80% of all the funds that come in, all the donations, if you spend 80% of that or more on actual charity, actually going out and helping people, you can retain your taxes and status. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. All right. Uh, back over to CBS's Face the Nation with uh, former FDA Administrator Commissioner Scott Gottlieb. He said, it's important to understand what the possibility is that this came out of a lab so that we can focus more international attention on trying to get better inventories around these labs, what they're doing, better security, make sure that they're properly built. And we also need to look at public health through the lens of national security. I don't like this guy. I, I don't like yeah, this guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't no. like this guy at all. Because you might as well just slap a UN pin on his lapel. That's all he needs. Hell, give him a blue helmet while you're at it. Uh, I would also say Marxist. Um, yeah. Basing, well, UN. I said the UN. But basing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, basing health on national security? No. Because uh, then that, that opens the door for so much more control over your health care as a government organization. Mm -hmm. Vaccine passports, all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Global ID. Oh, yeah, that opens the door for all that. He says that these kinds of lab leaks happen all the time, actually. Even here in the United States, we've had mishaps. And in China, the last six, you said five, Bruce, the last six known outbreaks of SARS-1 have been out of labs, including the last known outbreak, which was a pretty extensive outbreak that China initially wouldn't disclose that it came out of a lab. I'm sorry. Um, is it entirely possible that they could have done this again? I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, if they if they did it during SARS-1 and they, they covered that up and they didn't come out then, wouldn't it stand to reason that it's entirely possible that they wouldn't have done it for this one? No, uh, no, I'm 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 trying to process. Is this guy really this stupid or did he intentionally play it up? And then give out some facts and truths. Man, these people are thick, man. I'm, I'm telling you, they, they are. They are thick. Who believes this stuff? Like, ser seriously, who believes that stuff? Do you really believe that? I mean, this is this is stuff that this guy's talking about that. I mean, if you haven't been paying attention over the last, oh, I don't know, 16, 18 months, then you'd think this guy's a complete idiot. And he is for talking like that. He ought to be ashamed of himself. I don't know how people like that sleep at night.
To be perfectly honest, I, I don't know. I, I actually, I, I think 80, I, I know of 81 million people that would believe him. Supposedly, yeah, supposedly. Yeah, but of course, uh, he and Dr. Fauci did a uh, did a thing the other day with some, uh, some YouTube influencers at the White House, and they had 40,000 viewers uh, at any given time. Basically, uh, no video on demand watches. And just because it was convenient, uh, they disabled the comments just to make sure that there was no hateful language uh, or anything like that that could that could discourage people. Uh, so they, they didn't allow YouTube didn't allow comments uh, during the uh, the conference with uh, Dr. Fauci, President Biden and the YouTube. So is your narrative is your narrative so weak that it cannot stand up to criticism? Well, no, they were talking. They were talking. Oh, OK. I was going to say they were talking about nothing but facts. And you you can't mm-hmm. disagree with them because it's it's the truth. Right. Except you weren't given the chance to disagree with them. So what well, you can't you can't disagree with them because they've been correct about everything. Right. Yeah. Right. Comrade. So, science, science is absolute. Bruce, it's not dynamic. Yes, comrade. <laughs> you, you got it. Speaking of comrades, let's talk about nine lame excuses that politicians gave for breaking their own covid rules. Shall we? I always like doing lists. Yeah, I always like yeah, talking yeah. about these uh, these uh, whatever these disgusting excuses for politicians. It's good All to right, remember. So, it, yeah, it is. And it's funny because it, oddly enough, um, I think all these are Democrats. I'm not playing party politics. I'm just calling a spade a spade here. Many Democratic lawmakers who were caught violating their own COVID-19 restrictions have attempted to explain away their actions in public apologies. Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, uh, she was one of them. She, she said that the place that she went to, the bar she went to, of course, you weren't allowed to go to one. The bar that she went to, they had good pizza, she said, at the at the podium there. And they were all vaccinated. You know, it yes. was okay yes. because everyone yeah, was, was vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you, like I said, you you can't go. You're not you're not allowed you're not allowed to do that. So Yeah. So okay, here is a compiled list of politicians and lawmakers who spurred their own COVID-19 masking and social distancing rules. I mean, you're gonna hear some really prominent names in here. Now you might be asking, well, you're just being one sided here. You, you're not doing Republicans breaking those rules, too. Where are they? Well, if there were any, I would do them. The list that I'm looking at, they say that they did look into several prominent Republicans who urged citizens to stay home during COVID-19 or stay home dur- due to COVID-19. And then the ones that didn't follow their own advice. But the problem was there weren't any that did that. So, again, well, I, no, you, if you, there you were did Republicans, Cruz. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Ted. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, not only not only did he commit the cardinal sin of removing his mask on an airplane to take a drink of coffee, not only did he do that. And by the way, he put it back on when he was in between his drinks of coffee. Not only did he do that, he went to Cancun when people were freezing to death. That's what he did. Now, I will admit it looks bad. (laughs) It looks bad. It only looks bad because he's a politician. Everyone that had the means to go to Cancun during that time would have gone to Cancun in that time. That is being a good father and a good husband. And there was nothing he could have done. I'm not making excuses for him, but if it was a Democrat, I would have said there was nothing they could do. Now, there were there were examples of Democrat mayors going to Cancun for family weddings, for example. Oh, that was fine. Mm -hmm. That was fine. As a matter of fact, one actually turned the camera up on his laptop screen so you couldn't see the beach and the ocean behind him. But see, that was a little different. He was giving a speech on his laptop via Zoom back to the local affiliate on the mainstream media telling people to stay home during COVID. 
and he's on the beach with all of his family and friends having a party. That's a little different. Ted Cruz went down, basically said hi to his wife and kids and went back. That's all he did. Because of the backlash. Uh, But the difference here is Ted Cruz wasn't saying lock down and mask up. He was saying open the state and put your mask away. But he's not a state or it's not like he's governor or mayor. He's Mm -hmm. senator. So he doesn't have control over that in the state level. But anyway, correct. Democratic governor from the state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. She apologized on Sunday after saying she was caught dining maskless indoors with dozens of people violating her own COVID restrictions, mandating that no more than six people may be seated at a time at the same table. Of course, there was what what that photo looked like. Oh, there was about 10 or 12 people there. That was fine. Yeah. Hell, people just showed up and she said they were just pushing tables together. And well, we just went with it. She apologized and said that we didn't stop to think about it. Yesterday, I went with friends to a local restaurant. As more people arrived, the tables were just pushed together. Because we were all vaccinated, we didn't stop to think about it. In retrospect, I should have thought about it. I am human. I made a mistake and I apologize. Falls on deaf ears, lady. Well, not only that, but it's very telling. They didn't even think about it. Uh Uh-huh. They they don't even care about the rules. The rules are for you, not them. Yeah, rules for thee, not for me. Yeah, that's that's how it is. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite one. Governor Gavin Newsom. I made a bad mistake. Yeah, you remember that? I made a bad mistake. Yeah, yeah, that one. He apologized in November after he was caught dining indoors at one of the highest rated restaurants in the world, despite his restrictive COVID guidelines for state citizens. He apologized for attending the dinner party, calling it, uh, what did he say again? I made a bad mistake. He made a bad mistake. Yeah. Now, I tell you what, let's just let's just listen to that because I got the whole thing here. Let's just listen to it because I can sit here and I can read what he says, but it doesn't doesn't give it. Well, the doesn't give it the proper explanation as, as the governor, the good governor gives here. Let's listen to this. I made a bad mistake. Instead of sitting down, uh, I should have stood up and walked back, got in my car and drove back uh, to my house. Instead, I chose to sit there with my wife uh, and a number of other couples that were outside the household. And you can quibble about the guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but the spirit of what I'm preaching all the time uh, was contradicted. And I got to own that. And so I want to apologize to you. <laughs> he sounds like a used car salesman, doesn't he? He does. And he looks like one, too. He's sitting there. If you could only see that video as the listener, he's sitting there giving you this. <laughs> I, I can't say the word. Uh, this eat and grin this entire time when he's doing that pointing and and got his you know his, his thumb on the, the the knuckle of his index finger while he's pointing at the camera and all the rest of it it's disgusting it's disgusting <laughs> it's as bad as the performance as um uh the the new york mayor was the it, blasio uh, with the burger and the fries oh you mean yeah, i get a, i get a burger with this is is, is that is, is it too early to, to eat a burger yeah. <laughs> Does, does is getting vaccinated? This is what getting vaccinated tastes like. <laughs> and that smirk that that he does. Oh, it's disgusting. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She takes her personal hygiene very seriously. Yeah, she shut down all of the all of the salons and all the barber shops and all the rest of it. Oh well, she got a haircut. Yeah, that's fine. She cares about her hygiene. You don't. No, you you don't need. To, no, you you don't you don't care for you don't care about your hygiene. Democratic Mayor. From Chicago, Illinois, Lori Lightfoot urged citizens to stay home in accordance with COVID-19 restrictions until she needed a haircut. 
in April of 2020. Following a massive backlash, she defended her haircut by saying that she takes personal hygiene very seriously. I'm the public face of this city. I think the city needs a facelift. Uh, the the yeah. largest police union in the city of Chicago last week voted no confidence in the mayor of Chicago. Oh, and she wasn't the only one. They also voted no confidence in the chief of police in the city of Chicago. Do you know? Uh, do, do you know how much of a of a of a limb those guys went out, th those men and women went out on to say we don't have confidence in you to lead this city to both them. The, the mayor's bad enough, but the chief of police—that's their boss. That well, takes some doing. To be fair, it takes some doing. But to be fair, it's not like they're going to get fired. I mean, they're, they're true. Part of the union. True, it's, it's the police union, yeah. to fire them. But but the cops—that that right there shows the cops don't even have confidence in these people. That right there, that, that speaks volumes in and of itself. So anyway, uh, she went on to say, and you know, I'm a person who takes personal hygiene very seriously, and I felt like I needed to have a haircut, so I got a haircut. But but you, the business owner who owns a salon or, or a barbershop, no, you can't open, and, and you can't have customers, and if you're a customer, if you need a haircut, no, no, you, you can't have that. You don't care about your hygiene. They're going to care about your hygiene for you. Yeah, they're going to tell you when you can and can't get a haircut, or you can yeah. and can't go out and exercise well, just just like we heard the other day from um from that that panel of of experts that they had up there the surgeon general dr fauci rochelle walensky from uh, uh from the uh, the cdc and the fda director uh getting vaccinated makes us more attractive less attractive in my I opinion but uh, yeah. but you know I, i'm one of those crazy right-wing kooks you know the 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 ones you know all right let's move on here virginia governor democratic governor Ralph Northam. He apologized in May 2020 after he was caught without a face mask at Virginia Beach. He's on the beach while weighing a statewide order requiring citizens to wear masks. The governor's office later explained that Northam was not expecting to be within six feet of anyone. Well, that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter because masks work because we've been told they work. Of course, we were told in the initial, in the initial stages, oh, none of those things don't work. Don't use those things. I was outside, saw people who wanted to take pictures, and I wasn't prepared, Northam said adding that he took full responsibility for his actions. I was there to talk to officials and the media. I wasn't prepared to talk to the public. Interesting. So you're basically saying that the mask is Political only theater. for show, for the public. Political oh. theater. Huh. Well, the, uh, the, the transportation secretary, uh, Mayor Pete, he said that the mask mandates on airli airlines and, and buses and trains, that's not about uh, science. That's about, uh, how did he put it? Uh, that, that's about respect. <laughs> Yeah, that's about respect. Yeah, they they know. Michael Hancock, Democratic mayor of Denver, Colorado, warned citizens to avoid travel in a tweet only 30 minutes before he boarded a flight to travel to his family for Thanksgiving. Uh, by the way, he right. wasn't the only one. Uh, Dr. Burks, you know, the scarf lady, she she did that, too. Yeah. yeah. Didn't she like, wasn't it like her mother or something attended uh -huh. or something like that? Uh -huh. And like, would... The most vulnerable among us, what that you were telling us to stay away from during this. Yeah, time? well, Governor Cuomo, he he did the same. He he had Thanksgiving yeah. with his mother, but his daughter, uh, who would who actually was uh, have a more robust immune system against COVID, she wasn't there. She decided to to stay away. Yeah, um, actually, if 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 I was a relative of his, I I would also choose to stay away. At, yeah, as well. Yeah. The thing is about all these uh, governors and mayors and whatnot that that violated their own rules, if they didn't put those rules in place, if they weren't the ones that were saying to do all these things and then they went out and didn't wear a mask or anything, I would have no problems. The problem with all of this is, is you created the rules. That's the entire problem. 
Mm-hmm. Well, they're the new royalty, Bruce. They're, they're the new dukes and earls of the, the aristocracy. Well, and you, you know how Americans look to a monarchy system. Yeah, we, we kind of put them in their place. Yeah. The mayor later told the city's board of ethics that though his Thanksgiving meal travels, excuse me, though, though his Thanksgiving travels were a mistake, they were not a violation of the city's ethics. Oh, so you mean every city resident could have done exactly that? And there was nothing that could have been done. Hancock said in his apology that he violated his own COVID-19 restrictions using his heart and not his head. (laughs) He used his heart. He was thinking of his heart, not his head. Mm. I made my decision as a husband and a father. And for those who are angry and disappointed, I humbly ask you to forgive decisions that are born of my heart and not my head. No. Yeah, I dropped that. Steve Adler, Austin Mayor, Austin, Texas Mayor Steve Adler hosted 20 guests at an outdoor wedding and reception for his daughter in early November and then boarded a private jet the next day to fly to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico for a vacation. That's the one I told you he was, you know, had had the the, the camera on the laptop monitor turned up so no one could see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you could tell that he was in a a hacienda there on the beach. (laughs) You could tell that that's what it was. In a Facebook video message to Austin residents, Adler urged Texans to stay home if you can, warning that this is not the time to relax. We're going to be looking really, really closely. We may have to close things down if we're not careful. While he was on a beach in Mexico with his family and and friends partying, Adler said in his apology that he needs to send a clearer message. Uh, Apparently his message wasn't clear enough. And that he was too focused on making sure his daughter's wedding and vacation complied with COVID-19 policies to understand the larger context. (laughs) No, it, it, it was a very, very clear, precise message. He said, at the time, I did not see the more important and greater issues because I was too focused on making sure that Sarah's wedding and my family's trip complied with the local and state orders and guidelines. That focus was wrong because I missed the larger context in a really big way. Mm, right. I, I, I have difficulty believing that one. Yeah, I, I don't believe any of these people. Rhode Island Democratic Governor. They have a governor in Rhode Island? Really? I mean, it's like a, it's a well, town. It is a state, but it's a town. I know. For God's yeah, sake, you yeah. blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. It's like what they have one stoplight. That's a state. Oh, for God's sake, isn't it? I know it we like have four miles. I, I actually wide, know we. A... Yeah, it is. I, I know we actually have Rhode Island listeners. That's not a jab at you, Gia Raimondo, uh, the Democratic governor of Rhode Island, apologized after she was caught violating her own mask order in June of 2020 when she met with protesters without a mask. A lot of people did that. Mayor Eric Garcetti of Los Angeles, he did that. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they were all out there high-fiving it, walking with the protesters. No mask, they didn't care. Yeah, they didn't care about that. The governor was seen praying, protesting, and hugging the demonstrators in downtown Providence. Hugging. Hugging the protesters. They, they, they would just assume burn your house down, lady. The late hours in front of the state house last night were tense and hectic. And in that moment, I neglected to put a mask on. That was wrong. It was counter to our public health guidance, and I apologize. I have worked today to track down the names of those I was in contact with so that they can be added to my contact tracing notebook. Oh, I'm sure you've got one of those. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kinney was photographed dining indoors without a mask in Maryland in late August while indoor dining was prohibited in his home city. Oh, but what was his excuse? Well, he said he felt like the risk was low where he was at. Yeah, the risk was low of getting caught. Yeah, because you're in another state. Granted, it's just a you know ninety minute drive up the road, but yeah. So it, it, it's okay for for him to make that judgment call, 
but you, it's not okay for you to make decisions in your own life. The, the government has to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He says, I know that some are upset that I dined indoors at a restaurant in Maryland yesterday. I felt the risk was low because the county I visited has had fewer than 800 COVID-19 cases compared to over 33,000 cases in Philadelphia. Regardless, I understand the frustration. So shouldn't you have been concerned that you were you you might have taken COVID there since you're in a higher risk area? Oh, no, he felt fine. No, he, he felt fine. Oh, but we were told that it was asymptomatic spread was the dangerous thing. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but he felt fine. I mean, he, he's a he's a public figure. He has to have these meetings. Right. Restaurant owners are among the hardest hit by the pandemic. I'm sorry if my decision hurt those who have worked to keep their businesses going under these difficult circumstances. Looking forward to reopening indoor dining soon and visiting my favorite spots. Yeah, they really give a damn about that. All right, last one here, because uh, I know we're over on time. Democratic mayor of San Jose, California, Sam Licardo. I have a very large family, is what he said. He attended <laughs> a Thanksgiving. All. Yeah, he attended a Thanksgiving party with family members who were not part of his own household after telling citizens to cancel big gatherings this year. In summary, eight of us representing five households sat around three socially distanced tables in our own family groups on the back patio. Yeah, I bet you did. Sure you did. And we wore masks when not eating. Yeah, I'm sure you did. (laughs) What was his name again? Sam Licardo. Licardo. Yeah. Uh, Given the last name, I imagine you probably were hugging and, you know, kiss on the Mm -hmm. cheek or something like that. You know, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He says, now, I have a very large family. Uh, I'm one of five children. And several of our family members who would have often joined us for Thanksgiving in the past, including sisters, nephews, nieces, and cousins, stayed home out of caution. I'm sure that they did. I'm sure that they did. He says, I apologize for my decision to gather contrary to the state rules by attending this Thanksgiving meal with my family. Mm -hmm. I understand that my obligation as a public official to provide exemplary compliance with the public health orders and certainly not to ignore them. I commit to do better. These people are pathetic. They're pathetic. (laughs) Recall these people and vote them out. They're disgusting. They're, you know, I I once heard if you have dominion. Right. I once heard politicians described as political psychopaths that come from the dregs of society. And that's precisely what these pieces of garbage are. Every last damn one of them. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day, and we put out an exclusive podcast once a week only to our Telegram subscribers. So get over there and get signed up so you can get that extra content. However, this week we will not be doing an exclusive podcast because Bruce and I do have some other plans on that day. So this week we will not be doing an exclusive for our Telegram subscribers, but next week, rest assured, we will be back. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be great. Well, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Bye.